Samoa's government will shut down on Thursday and Friday this week so almost all public sector workers can help with the country's mass measles vaccination campaign. And the Prime Minister now wants to make compulsory measles vaccinations permanent with punishments for those who don't comply. The latest is that there are more deaths uh, every single day. There are more deaths reported by the government. And the death toll is climbing. Yesterday it was 55, but by the time you listen to this, it will probably be higher. And most of the dead, children under four years old. Kia ora, I'm Alex Ashton, and this is The Detail. Today, Samoa's escalating measles epidemic. Hello, Michael here. Kia ora, Michael, it's Alex Ashton. Hey, Alex, how you going? Michael Mora is News Hub's Pacific correspondent. Michael, where are you? So we're just outside the main hospital here in Apia at the moment, and in front of me I can see uh, another tent that is being set up basically in the car park of the hospital, and this tent is being set up as extra capacity. I spoke to a ICU specialist from Auckland this morning, and it was really tragic speaking to him. He just said he couldn't believe what he was seeing. He's still seeing multiple children dying in front of him every single day. Over 50 people are dead and there are more than 3,700 diagnosed cases. Some experts trace it all back to New Zealand about a month ago. Samoa health officials say they're waiting to absolutely confirm an adult case of measles, thought to have been transmitted from the Auckland outbreak. Otungavaya Tipi Otungavaya says the suspect case relates to an Aucklander who travelled to Samoa for a conference at the end of August, flew back to Auckland and then was diagnosed with a viral illness. And things got worse quickly. Samoa's government has declared a measles epidemic. It says seven cases have been confirmed and the death of a one-year-old last week is also likely to be because of measles. News Hub's Michael Mora has been back and forth from Samoa covering the epidemic. I was in Samoa in 2009 for the tsunami. 187 people were killed. Um, The difference with this crisis, I think, is that this is a developing, slow-burning disaster for the tiny island nation of Samoa. And on the streets, it's evident that something's going on. You've got streets that are blocked off outside the disaster management office. You've got a lot of people on the streets wearing masks. The hospitals are packed with families waiting outside. So it's a very different vibe to what I'm used to in the centre of Apia at the moment. Schools in the Samoan capital, Apia, are normally full of students at this time of year. But since the government declared a state of emergency on Saturday, public gatherings are banned. Some people are not going to work because of the numbers of people um, in offices. Pregnant women are banned from going to work under the state of emergency rules. Children are not going to school, schools are closed. Gatherings at churches, some are still happening on Sundays. Some churches have just stopped having services altogether to basically try and limit the damage from this epidemic. Traditional Christmas community gatherings are being cancelled in Samoa as the death toll from measles continues to climb. So it has changed a hell of a lot on the ground in Samoa at the moment. To all the families that have lost loved ones and the children of Samoa, our condolences and sympathies. And the streets of Samoa are about to get even more quiet. Here's the Samoan Prime Minister, Tuilaepa Sailele Malea Lingaoi, on Monday night. 
I wish to announce that the public service and all government services will be closed from Thursday 5th to the 6th of December this week in order to allow all public servants to assist with the mass vaccination campaign throughout the country except for the utilities like water and electricity. In the words of the Director General of Health, the epidemic has not yet peaked and what he means by that is that it is has not stabilised and every single day, if you look at the press releases coming out from the Health Ministry, the number of deaths are going up, but importantly, the number of new cases is going up every day by hundreds. And that is really, really serious when you consider that the country's hospitals are already overrun and under-resourced even before a crisis like this. And now you have hospitals running at 200 300%, and they are really flat out. A lot of the local staff have been working for two or three weeks without breaks prior to our arrival. We have been able to relieve them to some degree, but as the demand keeps growing, again, there's just increasing pressure. That's Dr Scott Wilson, one of the dozens of New Zealand doctors and nurses sent in rotations to Samoa. New Zealand's also sent tonnes of medical supplies and specialist equipment and, of course, tens of thousands of vaccines. It is not just a burden, I guess, on the doctors and nurses, which are doing an incredible job working around the clock, but it also putting massive pressure on critical equipment, for example, ventilators, oxygen machines. These equipment and people are just not used to dealing with something like this. And Mm. with the new cases that are coming through, they're even having to renovate new rooms in the hospital just to make bed space for the influx of patients. So when you have so many people coming through and all the beds are occupied and you've got 20 critically ill children and four critically ill women in ICU... Where do you put everyone? We're seeing anywhere between you know, 20 or 30 all the way up to the these days have been 90 through the emergency department. So it, it's really highly variable, which makes you know, staffing and resourcing a little bit of a challenge at times. Obviously, Samoa does not have a health system or the resources um, or the expertise like a country like New Zealand and Australia does. It's a very small, um, you know, impoverished Pacific nation. But how did Samoa get here so quickly? One of the key factors here is that from the beginning, Samoa had a very, very low vaccination rate. So only around 28 to 30% of young people in Samoa, the most vulnerable people in Samoa, were vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Now that is so, so low. So that was the figure from last year. Now if you look in comparison to places like Fiji or Tonga, countries that have both also declared epidemics, their vaccination rates are far higher. Fiji's in the sort of mid to high 90s um, and Tonga is, you know, in the sort of high 80s to mid 90s. So they've declared epidemics. How are they coping? Well, reasonably well. They have not had death and disease spread like what's happened in Samoa. Why are the rates so low in Samoa? Last year and this has certainly contributed to the problem immensely, 
There was a vaccine mix-up with two young children who passed away on the island of Savai, which is the main other main island. A court hearing has taken place in Samoa for a nurse charged with the manslaughter of two toddlers who'd been given the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. As Michael Morrow reports, health officials say the incident has shaken public confidence in vaccine programmes. The case against the nurse who had 37 years practising experience was heard briefly at the district court in Apia. She was charged after the death of two toddlers who had MMR shots. Health officials have emphasised it's not an issue with the vaccine. Well, from uh, what I gathered, uh, it seems that it's a human error. It was nothing to do with the vaccine. This is really important because there's been a lot of chat about, you know, the vaccine being, you know, expired or there being something wrong. But every vaccine that is drawn up in a needle must be mixed with, it's basically a water solution. That has to be mixed with water and then it is administered to the patient. In the case last year in Savai, the vaccine was drawn up and it was mixed with what is believed to be a muscle relaxant. That was administered to two young kids. They died. As a result, Samoa's immunisation campaign, MMR campaign, was put on hold. The resulting discussion um, and debate which followed was hugely damaging for Samoa and public confidence in Samoa's health system. Hugely damaging. There was speculation that the vaccine was, you know, poison and that it had come from an inferior source. Uh, The fact of the matter is that the vaccine was the same vaccine that's used all around the world. It's approved by the World Health Organization, but it was unfortunately prepared incorrectly by these two nurses who have been charged with manslaughter. Did the people with anti-vaccination sentiment jump on that at all? Jump on the worry that people were having after the death? Absolutely. Like with any of these cases, um, the anti-vax movement uh, really pounced on this. One news has learned of a high-level anti-vax meeting organised in Samoa in June, just before this deadly measles outbreak. A US embassy staff member facilitated a meeting between vaccination critic Robert Kennedy Jr., invited here for Samoa's independent celebrations, and Australian anti-vax blogger Taylor Winterstein. And... I mean, it's, you know, hugely, hugely damaging to have uh, something like this occur and then for people who make arguments based on little to no evidence um, to jump on board and try and claim that it's not the right way to go and you should rely on vitamins or whatever else. Yes, of course, I feel scared and that's why we're here. Seven days into a mass vaccination campaign, demand for help remains high. The first day we have more than 700 people vaccinated just this particular site. Can you take me through how they're trying to vaccinate people while this is going on? So for just over two weeks, the Samoan government has introduced a nationwide vaccine campaign. Now, this is compulsory, so it's not a question of, oh, yeah, I might go to the clinic. You have to. It's interesting at these clinics, there's police officers there. It's quite well organised. People will come in with their children and often the parents will get vaccinated with their kids as well. They will make a note of exactly who they are, where they live, and they'll move on to the doctors and nurses, get their shot, then they'll get a mark on their hand in Vivid to show that they've had the vaccination. And again, their name and details are recorded in the computer system. 
In the weeks since the vaccination push kicked in, more than 68,000 people have been vaccinated. That's nearly a third of Samoa's population. In saying that, there is communities in rural areas who would probably not actually be aware that these clinics are up and operating. So what Samoa is doing is it's got mobile vaccination teams. For example, in Apia, you have several main clinics which are fairly easy to access for most of the population. But for the poorer communities who don't live near the capital, they have no transport and no money and no means to get to these clinics. So these teams of health experts nurses, Ministry of Health staff, are heading out in these big vans, white vans, and, 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 and visiting these really isolated um, locations. What's really worrying, and this is the Director General of Health who has said in his words he's really worried, is that even after this campaign and all the publicity about it has been going on, Currently in Samoa, the most vulnerable group, this is six months old to four-year-olds, less than 40% of that group have been vaccinated. Now that is really serious when you consider the number of people who are ending up in hospital and when you consider that the, ma- the vast majority of the dead are children under four years old. Why is it so low for that age group? Look, I think, again, um, we asked the Director-General about this, and in his mind it comes back to this scare with the vaccines last year. Um, I think there is a level of confusion, perhaps naivety, about hospitals and vaccinations in general. You also have a lot of people in Samoa quite effectively saying that you don't need to get the vaccination, come and try my method of healing and you'll be okay. The Prime Minister isn't holding back. Let us work together to encourage and convince those that do not believe that vaccinations are the only answer to the epidemic. Let us not be distracted by the promise of alternative cures. We've had people who have visited internationally spreading their anti-vax message soon after this epidemic was declared. You have people on Facebook and other social media peddling vitamin A and other vitamins um, claiming that they are going to help solve the problem. And then you have people like Fritz Alayasa. Some people have said that you're a bit of a con artist. Are you just trying to make money out of a disaster situation? I don't want money. I just want help my people. Now, this man has been peddling unproven Kangan water from his home just on the outskirts of Apia. What is Kangan water? Kangan water is basically filtered water. It's um, alkalised water. It's very important to point out that the health benefits of Kangan water are disputed. And the idea that Kangan water would cure measles is, in my opinion, completely ludicrous. He then confirmed he was charging 10 tala per patient, the equivalent of six New Zealand dollars. Yes. This is about money, though, isn't it, for you? No, it's not, it's not for the money. But you're charging people? I'm charging people because my water. Yeah, but it's water that does nothing. Yeah, it does nothing, but it's water I spray them.
He claimed to have saved 1,800 measles victims. I asked him what evidence this was based on, and he said, well, he treats them and they don't need to come back because they get better. And what was more alarming is when we arrived there and we started filming the tar, he had a, he's got a house with a farley next to it and then he had sort of the equivalent of a large couple of gazebos set up. So underneath the gazebos there was dozens and dozens of small kids and their parents, some who were visibly sick. And when I say that, they were covered in measles. You could tell that they were having some difficulty breathing. You could tell that they were really sick. And shortly after we started doing some filming and I started to interview some of the parents who were there to ask them um, why they had come, why they believed this worked, a man collapsed. Fitz, what's happened? Um, it's collapsed at the moment. They douse the man in the supposedly special water, massage his head and neck and try to get him to drink. The patient is unresponsive. And while he was sitting up right, they were trying to pour the kangen water down his throat. Now the problem with this, of course, is that if someone is semi-conscious, you put them in the recovery position. You don't try and force-feed them water, which could have in fact caused them to drown and die. Fortunately, they did call the ambulance, but this was... Yeah, fairly alarming, and after speaking to a couple of the young mothers there and asking them about the reasons they were there and hearing that they were almost convinced that this was having an impact, I did decided to do the interview um, with Alayasa. Here's the proof. Why those people come back to me? That's the proof to you. Because they're desperate, I think. Then the interview ended abruptly. You're providing them with false hope. What do you mean false hope? Well, the water doesn't do anything. Thank you. I'm not going to ask any questions. After that, there was an altercation as their car was blocked in, and they took Mora's notes off him. It was evident that there was large numbers of sick children at his house, and gatherings under the age of 19, large gatherings of young people, is banned under the state of emergency. So we laid a complaint. Fortunately, the authorities acted very swiftly, and it was shut down for health violations that night. Health officials in Samoa are investigating after thousands of measles vaccines were stolen from the hospital and administered for a fee at unregistered clinics. Last week during a press conference the Director General of Health Take, Dr Take Nasseri said that incredibly 6,000 doses had been taken from the hospital and ended up at these clinics which were not registered to be giving the vaccines and in fact subsequently said that we've also found out that some people were being charged for these vaccines. Now, this whole nationwide campaign, as it stands at the moment, the whole thing behind it is that it's free. You don't have to pay for these. He later corrected his statement, and it was actually 60 doses that had been taken from the main hospital. But regardless, yes, some people uh, were charging people for these vaccines when... It was government vaccines, government property, and they had no right to do that. But certainly that has been going on, although I would stress that that is a minority. And there are so many clinics around the country now, most families, you would hope, would know that they can get to those clinics and get free vaccinations. Mora is now back in Apia. Does it feel different being back this time? It actually feels like the urgency around this crisis has stepped up. 
there are more people on the streets with masks. There seems to be a growing international presence on the ground from the UK, from France, from the Pacific, China, Norway, Japan, US, American Samoa. So it's a pretty massive international emergency that is still developing here in Apia. Yeah, Michael, I know you haven't been back on the ground for that long, but obviously some developments with the government shutting down Thursday, Friday to help with the vaccination effort. Is there a sense that they're really stepping things up? And also, is there hope that those efforts are, are going to work to stop this epidemic? Yeah, I think so. I think what we saw yesterday, I think what we saw from the Prime Minister in his announcement about the government shutdown later this week was that there is a real sense of urgency. He spoke with a, a lot of seriousness. He had a very serious tone in his voice. Vaccinations is the only cure to... If affected cases are presented early for treatment, full recovery should be expected. And thirdly, no traditional healers or canteen water preparations can cure measles. He is sending a message to the public that if you do not comply, if you do not go and get your injections, your jabs on time, and we don't have a record of your name, you could end up being charged. You could be arrested under the state of emergency laws which are currently in place in Samoa. You've been back to Samoa a couple of times now. You've covered this thing the whole way through. Do you get a sense that things are improving, the situation is improving, or are things likely to get worse? Look, it's hard to say at the moment. What we have been told as of a few days ago, is that the epidemic is yet to peak. ICU specialists from Auckland I spoke to this morning says it's really hard to know uh, what is going to happen and whether they're getting on top of it. What he did say is that the local staff at the hospital, especially in the ICU unit at the moment, they are absolutely exhausted. They've been working around the clock, and particularly now with the support from New Zealand um, and other nations, I think having some international experts on the ground to help, you know, relieve some of the burden um, is certainly helping. In terms of the spread of the disease, I think we will see a lot more deaths yet. That's The Detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The Detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating, as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to News Hub's Michael Mora. Kakite Anno.